Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. John Henry Newman, Apostle to the Doubtful by Mariel Trevor and Leonie Caldicott. The early years continued. The little more years. It was also the beginning of Newman's retreat to Littlemore, an outlying part of St. Mary's Parish, where he had built a small church in 1836 and started a school for the poorer children of the village. It is here that we see Newman's pastoral side coming to the fore. He personally taught the children their catechism and how to sing the psalms, leading them with his fiddle. But he also had a care for their physical needs. He kept a rigorous Lent each year with severe fasting. He personally taught the children their catechism and how to sing the psalms, leading them with his fiddle. But he also had a care for their physical needs, kidding the girls out with new pinafores. He kept a rigorous Lent each year with severe fasting, though he walked into Oxford most days to perform his duties there. He converted some stable buildings into a simple residence, where he was soon joined by various young men who were beginning to feel that there was no place for them in a Church of England which maintained its Protestantism so vociferously. During the years at Littlemore, Newman, who had stopped the tracks at his bishop's request, had to endure condemnation from almost all the bishops in their triennial charges, thus demonstrating to him that they repudiated the role of guardians of the Catholic and apostolic faith except as it had been reformed in the 16th century. Newman gave up St. Mary's in 1843 and lived at Littlemore as a layman, the services being said there by his curate and friend, William John Copeland. Newman read the daily offices of the Roman breviary from the volumes that had belonged to his friend and fellow Anglo-Catholic Pearl Frude, who died in 1836. The process of moving from the Church of England to the Catholic Church in communion with the Holy See of Rome was painful for Newman, as conscience seemed to be prizing him out of his life's work and away from his oldest friends towards a Catholic Church, which in England had long been suppressed under penal laws, lifted only in 1829, and consequently was little known, few in numbers, and with few educational opportunities. 
Newman was also uncertain that the Roman Church had not been seriously corrupted in its long history. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. How far was Littlemore from Oxford? Well, about a little over five kilometers, around three miles. And uh, so it was, you know, a little under an hour walk for Newman to go from Oriel College, where he was, and St. Mary's, the university church where he was uh, in place, to Littlemore, this country parish that he had responsibilities at. St. Mary's and Oriel are basically right next to each other in, in Oxford. And so he would have this long walk out to Littlemore, or if he was living out there, the walk into Oxford and back. So Newman loved to walk. And what we see here is um, that Newman, when he retired to Littlemore, moved out to Littlemore, um, he really began to live, on the one hand, more of a monastic life, living in these converted stables, building a chapel, praying the breviary at regular times, having much more time for fasting, reading, study, prayer. But what also appears at the same time is Newman's pastoral side, as the reading tonight mentions. His creativity in coming up with spiritual exercises for the poor children of the village. His trying to find ways to bring people closer to God at all levels of society. And in that way, this combination of a life of prayer with a pastoral responsibility, a creativity, kind of openness to the Holy Spirit's way of leading people, we see that Newman was already in some ways imitating his eventual patron, St. Philip Neri, who combined in the oratorian life a life of deep prayer contemplative vocation with a mission to administer the sacraments and to preach the gospel, the daily distribution of the word of God in a creative and joyful way. And so Newman is living out at Littlemore and trying to avoid controversy. See, his bishop, that is the Anglican bishop, had told him he had to stop writing these tracts, these various attempts to explain to the Anglican Church about its Catholic roots, its Catholic practices, to try to re-Catholicize the Anglican Church. He was told to stop writing them, and he obeyed, because he thought his bishop was a successor of the apostles. But then when the bishops themselves, after Newman had obeyed, decided that they had to condemn them, condemn this teaching, condemn what Newman thought was basic Christian truths, this caused a great problem for Newman. 
because if the bishops of the Anglican Church, which he thought were the successors of the apostles, were repudiating what he thought was Catholic faith, this was a, a great difficulty. Well, how can this happen? If this is the true church, if this is a, a an authentic branch of the Catholic Church, how can the bishops be repudiating Catholic truth? Well, Newman would eventually have to wrestle with these historical questions and try to get answers to them. But there he was at Littlemore, reading, praying, trying to figure things out. And so let us take heart from this little snapshot of Newman's life that it's very hard sometimes to figure things out, isn't it? Not only is it hard to figure out what's the truth, in certain questions. It's also hard to figure out what we should do. Newman was still an Anglican, even when he resigned his role as an Anglican clergyman and began living as a layman. He still was going to Anglican services. He, it took years for him to become a Catholic. He was trying to follow what he thought was the path of truth. He was trying to follow the path of reason. He didn't want to just be led by his emotions or his feelings. He really wanted to be convinced that his reason was telling him he had to act in a certain way. And so if saints and saintly people find themselves in very complicated situations, we should take heart. We should be encouraged. And we shouldn't be surprised when the Lord places us in very difficult situations, when there are questions that are asked of us that we don't quite know the answers to, that's okay. The Lord has promised us the Holy Spirit. He's promised us the Spirit of Truth who will lead us into all truth. And so we have to rededicate ourselves tonight. To the Holy Spirit. We cannot forget about the spirit of truth which dwells in us through our baptism and especially through our confirmation. Newman and St. Philip had great devotions to the Holy Spirit. They had great reliance on the Holy Spirit, the spirit that's been given to us, the anointing that's been given to us, by which we can discover the truth that the Lord wants us to know. This is the spirit of truth that spoke through the prophets. This is the spirit of truth that inspired the writing of the scriptures. This is the spirit of truth which dwells in the whole church, the mystical body of Christ as its soul. The spirit which has inspired and led the church through the centuries, protecting the church from error, guiding its teaching. It's that same spirit that dwells in each of us leading us more deeply both to how we should act by his gift of counsel, but also by his wisdom and his understanding and the gift of knowledge, leading us into a greater grasp of what's true and what's false, a greater grasp of how it can be that certain things are true, a greater grasp of how we can explain it, how we can defend it, but sometimes we have to be patient. We have to be patient and wait because life around us is very complicated 
and the history of the world is very complicated and how institutions and societies have developed are very complicated. And as we're trying to sort out the best way to act here and now, let us keep our eyes on Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.